Previously on My Best Friend's Journal. In the pilot episode of My Best Friend's Journal, we went on like a 30-minute tirade about Anne Hathaway. <laughs> we had to cut out. We thought it would be too polarizing. <laughs> so I was like clipping wig caps into like little tiny heads. My youngest niece is four. Um, and I, <laughs> the wigs were all like way too big for her head, but she loved them. And I did it in drag. I grabbed a bingo like, card. Like poopy drag? No, I, a pretty beautiful. We'll, we'll okay. post a picture. I've got this picture. Pretty beautiful. Doubt it. I've been socialized to think that in any kind of, you know, gay movie, there's going to be some sort of awful, either a hate crime or someone's going to die of AIDS. Michael was there. You drew a little heart. I've never seen that in the, in the journal before. And you colored it in. <laughs> we kissed and hooked up when he dropped me off. Yeah. Tell me everything. Oh my God. Then you fucked your roommate. What? <laughs> Katie made dinner for her and Doc fucked Doc. <laughs> What's up, Doc? <laughs> Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this theme a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Oprah's favorite podcast. A one, two, three, two, two, three, three, two, three. Coming at you live from different places in the country. I'm Mike Wessels, and here with me is my co-host. Hey, uh, it was a perfect time to say your name. <laughs> Instead, you gave Hi, me I'm a Cam. gay sigh. <laughs> um, yes, you are Cam. I, well, I didn't know we were going yet. I wasn't quite. You didn't know we were. You clapped us off. <laughs> you jerked me off. <laughs> Uh, I just really didn't know how we were starting this one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to My Best Friend's Journal. I'm Cam. Now there's a proper introduction. <laughs> and now that that's out of the way, I have got something I would like to bring to the table. Oh, good. We're starting them hot these days. Well, um, last night we were talking because we were watching Drag Race and Anne Hathaway was a guest mm. on the show. And Here we go again. It brought up, well, it brought up, I don't know, sour feelings for Cam. I'm like neither here nor there to Anne Hathaway. But what I did say was I am team Hathaway because I felt the need to defend her for for the boiling over that was occurring for Cam about Anne Hathaway. And then I went yeah, on to say. she's such a poor, oppressed underdog. No, our dear no. Oscar winning Anne Hathaway. Yeah. She definitely needs you to root for her. Well, I feel like she kind of does because I said to you, she has been unfairly. Rebecca Blacked, and anyone who is Rebecca Blacked, including Rebecca Black, got that unfairly. It's a, you know, when you threaten to kill people for just existing, basically. And that Anne Hathaway has, lover or hater, she certainly has done nothing worthy of a death threat. Okay, and see here, you've taken it from zero to 110. Because I didn't say she was worthy of a death threat. I didn't say that she is worthy or that people should be online bullying her. No, yes, to clarify, you were not (laughs) saying she should get death threats. But I'm just saying that the hatred for her in, in... pop culture is so insanely deep 
um, that I was, I guess, questioning why when it when we brought it up. All I was saying is that I find her a little bit odious, and to have her pop up on my favorite show on a relaxing Friday night is not my favorite surprise. It's it's not the most pleasant thing. And then we had to go through this whole thing where all the drag queens were just like pretty much you know going around the room and fluffing her, talking about how <laughs> everything she's done has been perfect and how she knows a quote thing or two about musicals. Wink, wink. <laughs> she may or may not have won an Oscar for one. Wink, wink. I was like, oh god, here we go again. The deal is that I do not think that it is right to online bully anyone. I do not think it is right to say nasty things about her. I think it gets very gross and misogynist very quickly. The thing that I find a little exhausting about Anne Hathaway, first of all, is that we have been having this conversation and repeatedly cutting it out of episodes since episode one. Which feels and remarkable then, for someone we you know could take or leave. <laughs> it, yeah, I... I do think that like Lay Miz was peak can't stand her. Um, but the the deal with her is that she is kind of just always needing to be liked. She always she's always coming across as very much needing to be liked. She mm-hmm. uh, you made the point earlier that like no matter what situation she's in, she is like she's kind of a chameleon to that situation. If she's if she's being interviewed by a guy, she's like one of the bros. If she's on drag race, she is such a drag race fan. She's making tuck jokes. If she's on a red carpet, she's very regal. It's like she's she's always cloaked in something and I don't mm. feel like that, that I think that is what comes across before anything else and that's why people have a really hard time with her it's because she is acting the part for this interview and that <laughs> exhausts me well I read a article in preparation for this this debate uh, today and <laughs> explaining why we feel the way we do you read an article knowing we were going to argue about this yeah I needed to be informed um, and <laughs> that is pretty much the point they made that she is overcompensating, trying so hard to be genuinely herself, which happens to match whatever situation she's in, and it just mm-hmm. always comes off as um, disingenuous. But anyway, I, my point was, and it seems like you agree, though it, I guess I couldn't tell through text, that no one deserves the Rebecca Black treatment ever. Especially, I mean, Ted Cruz deserves that treatment, but no one that hasn't done <laughs> anything wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone ever deserves to be online bullied, and I I don't think Anne Hathaway deserves any hate. I am just a little bit annoyed by her, and I don't need her on Drag Race. That's pretty much the the bottom line. Like if I see her, she if she's gonna host SNL or be like a a, you know on a show that I'm watching, I'm probably gonna skip it because she's not my favorite human. Point taken. Let's leave it there. (laughs) And the whole point of this was that uh, she was on Drag Race, which she was. uh, I know it's been a habit for you on Friday nights is like a seven hour marathon of drag. Did you have it last night as well? Uh, absolutely. We watched UK and we watched US. And you know who else was on Drag Race? Who is the best celebrity to ever be on Drag Race? Who's that? Gaga. And she is involved in my gayest moment of the week. So go ahead and roll that theme. I think she's involved in 90% of homosexuals gayest moments of the week <laughs> every week. <laughs> gay, 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 gay. This week, I managed to um, out myself as, you know, the only gay in the village at the local grocery store. Um, I was coming home from a ski day, and I stopped at the the supermarket to pick up some stuff for dinner. And every time I've been in the grocery for, like, the past month, I've just, like, taken a, a gander down the cookie aisle just to see if there's been any Gaga Chromatica Oreos available. I don't think they're really being stocked in rural mountain towns in Colorado generally. Mm -hmm. So I haven't seen any. Um, and so this was no exception. I was fully incognito in my ski gear. I had like, you know, snow bibs on and a hat and a mask and like no one 
knew who I was. And I walked down the Oreo aisle and there was no... <laughs> the Oreo aisle, as though there's a whole <laughs> aisle of just Oreos. <laughs> no, it's actually uh, at our grocery store. It's cookie chips and protein bars. Um, so I was walking down th- that aisle and there was no bright pink on the shelf and I got disappointed and I just was turning around and I glanced down and there was a low, like a cardboard, you know, little situation sat in front of the Oreo shelf and it was bright pink and it was full to the brim of Chromatica Oreos. Not a single person in my little town had purchased them or they had just restocked them. I'm not sure, but I shrieked. I was so excited. I was like, oh, there they are. And for so, the, the few non-gay listeners who don't know what this is, uh, Gaga has branded her album last year with a special deal with Oreo, I guess, and has these violently pink and green center Oreos yeah. that are mm-hmm. that are branded with her name. And we truly don't know why. And they don't even say Chromatica on them. They just say Lady Gaga. It's... It, it is a very strange brand partnership, to be clear. But uh, gays in large cities have been like hoarding these Oreos. They're kind of hard to find. They are kind of hard to find, I think. Um, well, they have been for me anyway. They've proven elusive. So I was so excited. So I was like, I didn't even have a cart. So I was parading around the store with, you know, arms full of bright pink Oreo packages. Uh, <laughs> and I then this all culminated with me eating most of a pack of those Oreos while watching Drag Race last night. And it was pretty fucking gay and pretty fucking gluttonous. So the other two packs, I think I'm going to put them in the basement. I'll save them until you come and we can have a we can have a gay Oreo pig out because they're also vegan. Are they really? Oreos? Yeah. Yeah, they're vegan. I'm just kidding. I've told you this 4,000 times, and I've written oh. the word Oreo in my journal more than anything else. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure you told me that. Someone <laughs> someone told me that. I don't check to see if cookies are vegan. They are so um, violently yeah, artificial uh, that they are vegan. Um, yeah. Um, and people have been complaining about the taste. I'm just telling you, they taste like an Oreo. Uh, they're a little crispier. They don't have, you know how the um, the normal Oreos are like, they get a little mushy? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the cookie part? The, these pink cookies are a little bit... Um, they're just a little bit crisper. They've got a little bit more tooth to them, but I think they taste quite nice. Oh, well, I'm definitely willing to give it a shot. Maybe people were expecting them to taste gayer, like taste like anus or something. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot less tainty than I expected for a gay Oreo. Just give it a big whiff. Ew. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, did you have a, a gay, any gay moments? I actually had quite a few stemming from the same thing. So I am, I'm working on a little side project and I have to find tons of photos from like every point in my life. And it's more challenging than I would expect because I didn't have Facebook till 2006. So anything before that um, uh-huh. is tough. Are, is your mom like digging through photo albums yeah, for Yes. So I have my mom digging through photo albums and she is very put out by it. And she's really letting me know. Um <laughs> Hey, mom. (laughs) Um, Uh, She's got shit to do. Apparently. She (laughs) found a few uh, real winners. A, every time I've ever, like, done, you know, Halloween drag or whatever, I think it's one of two or three times I've ever done it. I'm like, oh, no, I've never done drag except for maybe a couple Halloweens. That is just simply not true. As I see year after year new pictures of me at all different ages in drag, including a photo my mom sent, I can't be more than eight years old with a Barbie blonde wig. My wrist is bent more than, uh, I don't know, what's a really bendy thing? Honey, that wrist more bent than a L bracket. Mm. (laughs) Um, <laughs> Hold on, I got at least one more me. Honey, that wrist? That wrist is more bent than an acute triangle. <laughs> Alright, that's better than the fucking, what'd you call it? L-peg? L-square, you fucking carpenter? <laughs> um, An L-bracket. Anyway, we get the point. My wrist was, <laughs> like, tall 
hooked up like at my chest bent for the gods and i'm, I'm wearing this like bent for the gods as they say i'm wearing this gold chain purse with my little barbie wig i do not have any padding in which i'm shocked about but i do have some cute lipstick and mascara and what, obviously my what mom clothes it was just, it like a dress? No, it was like an orange sweatshirt. My mom okay. was obviously thrilled to take the picture, so I'm sure she supported. God love her. What a good supportive mom. Um, Where did you get a child wig? I don't know. Ask Rose. Anyway, <laughs> I found way too many. You got it with your magic wand. <laughs> yes, my wand. I probably conjured it somewhere. <laughs> anyway, there were so many just screaming gay photos. I am posing. I am working. But... All that aside, what felt gayer and worse is I needed to find a picture of um, I was homecoming king my senior year, and I have to find that specific photo, and it's not in any yearbooks. And now I've asked like 10 friends from high school who I haven't spoken to in years. I'm like, <laughs> hey, sorry, I know I know this is random. Um, can you send me a picture of me as homecoming king? What is sadder and more desperate than an aging mm-hmm. gay man begging for validation <laughs> from his high school glory days? Like, I, I promise, I promise this is for a project. It's not so I can prove to people that I was homecoming king. It's not for just a point of pride. Yeah, and the project is for a, a life-size poster to put in my apartment and make me feel better. <laughs> Tell me you got the photo. Can't find it anywhere. Anywhere. Oh, no. It's before. So I graduated high school in 2007. And Uh back in the day, you could only get Facebook once you were accepted to college. So you only had Facebook once in your second half of senior year. Homecoming is in the first half of senior year. So there's no photos. There is a spread in every one of my yearbooks of the homecoming court. Is there not for you? Nope. We somehow missed it. And also, I think um, somebody on yearbook hated me because... A, there's not a, there's not an ounce of any homecoming at all. Not even like the football team or the cheerleaders. There's no homecoming to be seen. But B, there are two different versions of my senior portrait. One in which I'm like closed mouth because I have braces and I'm kind of like looking up and just gentle smize, like awkward. Smizing. But, yeah. Mm-hmm, sure. Awkward, but your normal high school awkward. The one that made it to the yearbook is the one we have featured on this podcast before where I look like someone you should hide your children from. It is <laughs> horrifying. And I only realized that we had the two versions because as my mom was going through these, there's like, we ordered the good version. We have hundreds of those. <laughs> the powder bath is papered in that photo. <laughs> it all adds up. Someone on your book hated me. Mm-hmm. Well, probably a scorned lover. Um, <laughs> as, the, as if I had a lover in high school. I do think that in all of this... Uh, kind of desperate gayest moment of yours this week uh there's a business opportunity for you and i wigs for children because you were happy to wear them as a child i am happy to dress children in them i feel like we have this is a a a common interest this is something like i don't think i don't see wigs for children you know for sale very often Mm, mm -hmm. i feel like we could open a storefront we could make this very lucrative real human hair for babies (laughs) they come out they come out bald i mean that who doesn't want their baby to have a beautiful updo or at least the opportunity for one i uh what's more gorgeous than a baby with a french twist (laughs) give me a proposal um and i'll i'll work it over with my lawyers and we'll see what we can do okay perfect um, so while we work on that, have you been watching anything fun this week? Any good content recs for the people? Yes. Um, and in fact, I would call this some education. Yes. Um, you and I have both watched the pilot for It's a Sin, which I have been 
dying to watch since I saw it ad like last month. It is. Yeah, and thanks, by the way, to all of our listeners across the pond that recommended this to us. I think they got it first. They're like, you're getting the show soon. Please watch it. It's remarkable. I know. It's, called, it's a sin. And it's on HBO Max. I was jealous because people were like, I hope you're watching this show. And we couldn't yet. I already knew mm. I wanted to watch it, but it wasn't available mm-hmm. in this country. Anyway, it is about uh, the AIDS crisis, the very early AIDS crisis in uh, London in like 81. Features. Which is a perspective we've never gotten before. Like we, everything, I feel like every TV show and movie that we have seen or talked about on the show about the early AIDS crisis has been based in like San Francisco, New York. So this is all um, like it's a it's a fresh perspective and kind of fascinating to hear how the news kind of trickled over there when our government was doing nothing to like give them information. You know? Yeah, it's uh, strange and scary to see how little they knew. But I, I mean, I knew that much, but. It's just a fun uh, perspective from a different part of the world. Also, just because this cast is awesome, I'm obsessed. A, it stars Ollie from Years and Years, who I love. The, not the TV show, the band. The band Years and Years, but also Lydia West from the TV show Years and Years Unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> the show so far, again, only an episode in. I'm hooked. It is very lovable, which is a strange thing to say about an AIDS show, but it just is, um, it's full of heart and humor and... It's, it's beautiful already, and I cannot wait to finish it. I do think that it's about to take a very serious turn, uh, even in episode two, because the, because of the way that episode one kind of culminated. But um, I've, I've heard just from people recommending the show that it will make you laugh and it will make you like just sob your eyes out. One of our listeners that recommended this said that they cried so hard they were dehydrated. So um, that should be interesting. I, I had to pause it in the middle yesterday with um, with Peter because, you know, you and I have talked about this kind of feeling of dread that comes with gay content sometimes, whether it's either AIDS or, you know, hate crimes. And I, I, I could feel that coming. Like, I knew that this was about the AIDS crisis. And so it was one of those that was just filling me with kind of a low-level anxiety from the jump. It felt like watching mm-hmm. The Normal Heart uh, a few years ago. I remember... That was when Peter and I had first started dating and it was the first time that we like both boohooed in front of each other. It was just so exhausting to watch beautiful and beautifully written and beautifully performed, but it was, man, it was fucking tough. And I started getting some of those vibes and I had to pause it. And I said to Peter, you know, even though these things, the, the, this kind of content fills me with anxiety because I, I know awful things are going to happen to people. People are going to die painful deaths. We're talking about people coming out to their closed-minded families, which is very triggering for me. Like it's, Lots it's of very all, religious families, yeah. Yeah, it's it's all really hard to, to watch, but at the same time, it's beautiful to watch. And I feel a strong kind of irrefutable sense of responsibility to watch these stories because every time I see something like this, I'm reminded that an entire generation of men came before us and so many of them died and this was all happening as we were born you know and and mm-hmm. we have we have such tenuous ties to that time such like like we didn't live through it but i feel like it, i feel a huge sense of responsibility to watch these stories because we enjoy this this gay community that we talk about all the time we, we enjoy like so much so many fruits of their labor so much of their activism and so so much of their blood sweat and tears uh went into creating this life that that we are able to live lives out of fear or not out of fear outside of fear um and i just i it's like a thing where i, I won't let myself look away i won't let myself stop it because it's uncomfortable does that make sense to you it does and that's i i agree with you i think that the every gay man has a responsibility to educate themselves about this history and about how we are you know, so lucky to have it today. Um, but I don't f- like, yes, I know that responsibility is there, but also I don't watch, 
I watch most of these things because I'm just like obsessed. It's a weird, it's, it's a fascination and I feel no like obligation. Not that that's what you're saying, but I'm regardless of um, social responsibility, I'm just dying to see these stories. It always intrigues me so, so much. Um, I guess just because like you said, it's so, it's so close to our time, but just, just out of reach where like we don't even have, you know, elders to talk to really because they didn't make it for the most part. And it's um, an interesting part of history that's just before we came about. That is that is very well put. Also, I, I just have to ask, you don't feel any sense of like foreboding when you're like getting to know these beautiful characters and you know that some of them are going to die of AIDS and that they're going to like their entire world and community is about to be ripped apart. That doesn't like give you any kind of like foreboding or or just like low level anxiety that you're like, this is going to be tough to watch. Um, No, because I like I, I do know it will be tough to watch, but I like I know it's going to come. What it, I've seen enough of these to know how it goes. So it maybe it's like weed where my tolerance is so built up because I've had so much of it that like I still know there will be an effect. I'm not nervous about it. Like I'm, I'm ready for it. And that's mm. part of part of the joy is kind of getting to feel in a very safe space, a micro dose of what these people felt in a very unsafe space. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's an interesting way to look at that. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think it's so fascinating how, you know, we we both, like, eat up this kind of content and, and can't wait to get into it. But, like, we have such different experiences with it, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the actual sitting and watching process. Both Peter and I were like, we're going to take this slow. We're going to have to watch, mm-hmm. like, this is not a, a bingey show. This is a, like, episode every, like, you know, every time we Week sit down, so. we can watch one episode. Yeah, but we can't just sit down and, and just, like, rip through it. I think no. that would be pretty hard to do. I mean, and I do, I think I will cry, but that's, like, part of the joy of these, you know. I'm like, it's nice to feel something. You do like to cry. I'll video it for you. Uh-huh. I'm a beautiful crier. Oh God, I can't wait. <laughs> we look forward to the Instagram next week. You in a child's wig and you just weeping openly. You know what? Let's combine them. I will just be crying in a child's wig with lipstick on and we'll let people guess what that's all about. <laughs> oh, great. Do you need me to mail you a wig? Uh, yeah, you are my mom. Whoever's got whoever's got them on hand. Your mom's closer. And uh, when you mail me that wig, can you also mail me some cookies, some Oreo Chromatica cookies? Mm, no, you can find those in your own. Well, you don't, you don't shop outside of Whole Foods and they aren't going to have those at Whole Foods, I dare say. Nabisco products are not welcome. Well, I also shop at Target and they might have them. They're a little trashier than Whole Foods. And speaking of Target, the aim of this episode is to get to the journal. So why don't we go ahead and move? (laughs) Hey, you know what? I do what I got to do to to move (laughs) us along. Otherwise, these would be two hour episodes of just us yelling at each other about Anne Hathaway. (laughs) (laughs) I had a dream my life would be. Has killed the dream I dream, for fuck's sake. All right, so it's March 26th, 2016. Where in the world are we? Um, I believe I recently hooked up with Michael in a car and got mysterious flowers that turned out to be from my dad's lover. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird time in your life. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, hey. March 26th, three years ago, you were having uh, you were having lunch with me in Chicago, so that was fun. Oh, that's uh, fun. Anyway. I thought you were going to say anal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, March 26th, three years ago, you were having anal. 
<laughs> who says having anal? Uh, people who have very little of it. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just saw my name on the page, so I had to mention it. So this was your last two-show day. Oh, good. We're almost done with dogfight. Um, oh, you ate Wawa at Victoria's between shows. Um, have we ever talked about that time we got kicked out of Wawa? Um, no, I would love to know. Why were you kicked out of Wawa? Do, do you not know the story? I do know the story because it's um, it's a favorite every time we pass that part of town in Williamsburg, Virginia. Please do tell. Uh-huh. Also, our friend Aaron will never let me forget about the fact that I was once, you know, banned from a convenience store. Um, are you or are you not allowed back into that Wawa? Well, technically no, but I've been back many times <laughs> because, you know, they don't know me. They didn't, like, put my name permanently on a wall. This was a decade ago. I'm going to send them a headshot to put up there and say, <laughs> do not let this man in. Well, my, the last time I got a headshot, I still had hair. So God bless. You still have hair? Um, oh, on your head. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, last time I sent them a headshot, it was a dick pic. Full bush. <laughs> uh, um, no, so I, once upon a time, we used to go to this this uh, bar in Williamsburg, Virginia, uh, on the regular. And uh, Wawa, for people that have never been to the East Coast, is just a convenience store. But they have the best fucking deli counter where you can go up and like put your sandwich order into a little computer and someone will make you a fresh sandwich and they're open. I think this one was open 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So we would be done at the bar. The bar's closed and everyone just like crowds into Wawa to order yeah. drunk sandwiches. It's and a drunk mess's dream. So good. I mean, you oh, grab these chips, custom sandwiches. you grab some water to chug, you get, you get your little, yeah, you know, yeah, veggie yeah, yeah, Sam yeah, yeah. Sam or whatever it is. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I mean, not for me. It was like mountains of meat, you know, and then you get like all the toppings. Mountains oh, of meat, so the Cameron good. Shepherd story. Ah, yes, just meat mounds. Um, So anyway, we went in one time, and I don't exactly know what happened because drunk. Um, I think the problem was I yelled at the cashier for smoking at the um, right in front of the door, so we had to walk through a cloud of smoke to get in. I mean, if they were smoking outside, you can't necessarily... But I think they were smoking in like the little breezeway, like right inside because it was cold Ah, outside. Okay. And so we had to walk through like just a disgusting cloud of smoke. And I said something really shitty to the cashier as we went, as we walked in. (laughs) Shitty enough that they were like, get the fuck out of my store and never come back. You're not welcome here. I have to know specifically (laughs) how shitty. Maybe our friend Aaron can help us out. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if she was there or if she heard secondhand. But yeah, I was. Smoke. For the, the, what'd you say? Secondhand smoke. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, so for the rest of that summer, um, that le- that late night cashier uh, knew who I was, and I was not allowed. I, w- I was not welcomed back into that Wawa, so I had to send people in with my sandwich order and sit outside on the curb while people went into the convenience store for me, and it so was awesome. It sounds like you were rewarded for this. Now you just got servants out of the deal. I can't go in there, no. so here's what I want. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fine, although, you know, one does like to go order their own sandwich and peruse the aisles. And, and be allowed in public spaces in general. Be allowed in public spaces, yeah. I was... I was not though so anyway i have a complicated relationship with wawa but their sandwiches are fucking good i mean it's not that complicated it sounds like you were an asshole and you're no longer let in but i'm glad you <laughs> didn't appreciate that <laughs> i just made it simple think... you said it was complicated and i summed it up in a sentence <laughs> i don't think people should be smoking in a in a like building vestibule that's clearly marked no smoking thank you very much i fully agree with you i also can imagine what a blackout drunk might have said probably went beyond uh the realm of just uh, commenting on the smoking it was probably like a blackout drunk you just called me just like an anon you just <laughs> i'm just a blackout drunk thank you so I'm much i'm in a blackout cam um <laughs> i could you probably made comments about his mom his face his like shoes 
<laughs> um, I think it was a woman, and I don't think I. Well, that makes it even appearance. worse. You're like, listen, sir. <laughs> Um, uh, I also, I'm sure I wasn't kind. Yeah. In my memory of this, I don't know why, probably just cause we focused on the smoking. I remember it as you smoking in a Wawa. So I'm glad <laughs> you clarified that. In a Wawa. <laughs> I know this now, but I thought that's why you were kicked out. So thanks for uh, fixing what your rep. If, with all the like chain smoking Irish that we worked with and in, in that summer, I'm the one that got kicked out for smoking at a convenience store. I did not. But again, wouldn't put it past... The blackout drunk, a.k.a. Cam. <laughs> Can we just make it very clear that we're talking about Cam 10 years ago when yeah. he was a little bit more of a wild child? This is, I was right there with you drinking the Irish trash cans we've spoken about before, which is just every liquor mm-hmm. at the bar. Like we were out with, we were trying to keep up with gay Irish men who are notoriously um, able to drink. Oh my God, they could put them away. Also, I mean. That's a stereotype, but like we just, it's all I know of them. So th- Those <laughs> happen to be the kind of people that we were, we were living with. I can't, I don't think a single one of them couldn't drink us under the table also um that was we were still allowed to smoke in bars then so like that was definitely like a time of, in my life of like drunk cigarettes in oh bars. i guess it was oh, the yeah. south not in like in new york you couldn't oh no and i mean you couldn't like in most places but in virginia you absolutely could we could sit we would leave that bar and like our clothes just smelled like an ashtray because everyone was just sitting around chain smoking all night long and drinking cheap liquor drinks he drinks a liquor drink he drinks a liquor drink. <laughs> he drinks more liquor drink. Don't care what liquor drink. Put more liquor in my drink. I need some liquor drink. <laughs> That's a beautiful song. Next day, cleaned and moved out of Philly. Yay! Last show of Dogfight. Foyt. Dogfight. I don't get very sentimental. I don't get very sentimental. Hmm. <laughs> As proven, I believe episode 18, Good at Goodbyes, Good at goodbyes. where everyone's like <laughs> crying and weeping over like this close friendship we made. And I'm like, it was close and I'll see you all later. <laughs> <laughs> Getting on a plane. See ya. Um, oh, yeah. I need to learn how to. I'm emotional at all the wrong things. <laughs> you don't cry at age shows. You are really I good at goodbyes. I do cry at age shows. I'm just okay with it. I'm not anxious <laughs> about the fact that I'm gonna. <laughs> okay. AIDS shows what a genre um can't wait to be back long car ride back with Zach saw Tom and kick who's Tom Tom is kick's friend that we met on the first cruise ship who let us know that his nickname was kick oh he was from uh, home yeah from Guernsey uh in the UK he was visiting kick I didn't know kick was from the place where we got Guernsey cows kick is not um but his childhood best friend ended up living there oh understood okay um mick was too drunk and asleep oh so you didn't get to see your friend so sorry no that's like uh when i came back from that horrifying time i was lost in japan i was like oh thank uh-huh. god to see you guys like i'm so happy to be home i know you guys are worried and and the two of them had way too good of a time to give a fuck that i was back <laughs> like mike's coming home tonight passes out before he gets there uh, that was me on my 30th birthday like all my all my good Judys from the area and and a couple from New York. My, my cousin Kirsten flew out um, and I was blackout like an hour in. And then like there's plenty of pictures of all my people hanging out without me around a fire because I'm passed out in a toilet. You remember that wrong. You were not passed out an hour in. You were passed out like five hours in like at by sundown when we were about to go like have a good time. You just disappeared for a while. Did I hold your hair? No. I think I did. I'm pretty sure you was... slapped me and said, get up. Your friends are here. <laughs> Well, no, that's when you put yourself to bed. <laughs> I was taking a short recovery nap, and it was very useful because I got up and I really rallied. Um, you you puked, you took a shower, changed clothes, went to bed. 
And then we had to be like, okay, time's up. You've had plenty of this. I sat in your kitchen while you slept for like an hour and talked to your cousin. I think that's a typical 30, uh, 30th birthday. 30. I it, it only ever happens with my sister because I rarely get that drunk. And when I do, it's usually because she's behind me with the worst tequila she can find. I swear to God, she like goes store to store to be like, do you have cheaper tequila than the, the store down the street? Um and I had already had a few mixed drinks, and then my sister comes along with a tray of shots, half of which are for me, and uh, it just is it, it's happened uh, a few times, and it's usually her fault. Well, she's a put. Well, mm, she can put them not, away, so she thinks I can keep up with her, and I just can't. I I love this whole her fault thing. I mean, she does offer them, but you also pour them down your own throat. Honestly, not even fully true. Half the time she's pouring <laughs> it down my throat. Half the time it's not just an offer; it's like, do it or you suck. <laughs> Oh, true sibling bullying. <laughs> Have, you did rally. By the time we left, you were singing campfire songs and you knew like all the lyrics. I'm like, how did he get to this point? I really fought for that moment. I was like, you will see your friends. <laughs> I was like, sing some songs, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Uh, all right, it's March 28th. You applied at Vinyl. Oh, your favorite little spot. Mm-hmm. Vinyl and other Chowdown restaurants. Is that who owns Vinyl? The guy who owns Vinyl owns a bunch of gay bars, though he okay. and insists they're not gay, which is still boggles my mind. Um, but he owns them all in that area. He will not be pigeonholed or cornholed. Um, <laughs> so then you also applied at Blossom. <clears throat> oh, okay. I don't get it, yeah. but I eventually work at a different Blossom, so that's confusing to me. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I just assumed this was when you were about to get the Blossom job. No, sir. I got a lot more shenanigans before that happens. Alrighty. Um, you started cleaning out your room. So much crap. Trying to cover staffing shift so I can go to Joe. Oh, hold on. So I can go to Jay Brannon with Michael. Mm-hmm. <gasps> so I love Jay Brannon. I have seen Jay Brannon maybe four times. And two of the times have been at Joe's pub with people I was trying to bring on a date. And I got to tell you. Despite my best intentions, Jay Brandon is not like a great date, date concert. It's like angsty folk music. It's yeah. not like a great date vibe. I get that. I brought some friends uh, one time at the Troubadour in L.A. Uh, and it's like kind of a weird thing if people don't know who Jay Brandon is. Like to go to like a what they think is going to be like a cool concert vibe. And you get and it's like seated and it's like very like emo angsty folk. It's always him by himself. Sometimes he sings like a full acapella number with just like an egg shaker. Like you have to be a yeah. real Jay Brandon Stan. to like, I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's beautiful. He's, he's, he's very good. Like yeah. Masterful at telling these stories through his songs and just like, he's, mm-hmm. it's great, but obviously it's a very niche group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent on March 29th. Good audition for forest burger. Forest. <laughs> Forest for, Burger. For, well, I was trying to play um, one of those like burgered costume characters, like you know, you're just a human burger, and the the role was to stand in the forest and see how long it takes for bears to eat you. <laughs> it's the stupidest uh, thing you've ever said, and it really tickled you. Is it the I, stupidest thing I've ever said? It's up there. It's up there. Uh, I'm just imagining a uh, yeah, one of those costumes. It's like a hamburger, but it's only the body, so it's a hamburger and le- like with like, yeah. legs that are wearing tights, and then like googly eyes. Yeah, that's basically what I'm going for. It is uh, it is obviously not what I meant. It's just a summer stock theater. Um, but I thought it'd be more Called interesting. Forest Burger. 
Forrest Berg, it's not my fault you can't read. <laughs> okay. I think all the listeners know that I'm the literate one of this group. <laughs> By the way, thank you to everyone who gave me all the beautiful book recommendations. Really, really appreciate those. Definitely going to dig into some of those recommendations. Um, but we did get one message from a listener who said... Here's a book recommendation for Cam and Mike. If you ever choose to join the literate elite, <laughs> here's, <laughs> here's some book recommendations for you as well. It made me really giggle. I was like, oh, that was c***y and I liked it. You know, so often people say like, you know, inspirational things about you. You are who you think you are. You, you know, you, you get back what you project. And I'm like, am I like going to become illiterate because of the amount of times I have made jokes about the fact that I can't read? Like, <laughs> is, is you this can't in- read. You don't like books. self <laughs> Self-fulfilling, self-fulfilling prophecy. Can self-propelling one for- prophecy. A self Um <laughs> Can one forget how to read? Is that possible, uh, or is it like riding a bike? I believe it's like riding a bike. You know, maybe dementia or something, but I don't think like one could just like forget how. Hmm. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Any whoozlebees? On the thirtieth, you walked around with the whole uh, Michaela family. Amazing Jake Brandon concert at Joe's Pub with Michael. Great night, but he. Didn't come home with me because he's learning music. Hope he likes me. He's learning music. Yeah, he might as well At might night. as well have to shampoo his hair and walk his dog. <laughs> uh, I'm teaching my bird to bowl, um, so I'm not going <laughs> to be able to come one. home. <laughs> I, I think that's from a show. I'm not sure oh, I like where that. it came from. Sounds like a Jack uh, reference from Will and Grace. Uh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's a it's kind of a lame excuse. Oh, that was such a fun late night concert. I've got to go home and work now, so sorry I can't come home with you. I know, yeah, because that's like... I mean, I do the same thing, so I should have. That's what I hope he likes me means. I know better. I'm just not giving up hope yet. Uh huh. Um, on the 31st of March, you walked Highline and had lunch in Greenwich with Cece and Melly, Kick and Mick, went back into Hell's Kitchen for job to no avail. One. Oh. oh. How's that for illiterate? <laughs> to no avail. Very astute. <laughs> Very learned, my friend. <laughs> uh, you won the fun home lottery. Oh, but then you gave it to Melly and her daughter. That was mm. nice of you. Well, they have done so much for me, so it was nothing. Um, you hope Michael still likes me. Oh, this is Again? two days in a row. Yeah. Obviously he doesn't, uh, kid. <laughs> you kid. Uh April first. C day. Nope, wrong year. <laughs> what? <laughs> April first, Michael uh, doesn't like me, so I jumped in the ocean. <laughs> uh you went to an awesome Italian meal and then your joints have been killing you. This has been going on for years. Oh, I haven't seen that in a while. April 2nd, you went to Target in the Bronx with Sam. Hi, Sam. Bought shelves and pillows. My room is coming along. Taco margarita night with everyone. Well, that's very irresponsible. I hope you were masked up. Tacos were amazing. Do you? Are you doing that thing where every time you watch a show and people are like in a group, you're like, ah, oh, no, you're too close. I Why are you wearing masks? It's faded a little bit. I do think about it, but now it's oh just like, God. ugh. I'm jealous. It happens to me all the time when I see, uh, I don't know, when I see people doing things that we're not allowed to do these days. What confuses Um, me the most is like SNL because they're maskless in their scenes. But then when they get together at the end of the show, they all have the masks on. I'm like, you guys were just making out with like, I know they have like, they kind of uh been showing the protocol behind the scenes. But I don't know, the masks at the end as a show of safety feels like kind of beyond the point once we've just spent an entire show kind of spitting all over each other. I know that is it's very strange to me. It's very like performative. Like you guys like you're 
we get it that you're all getting tested and you're on set and all this kind of stuff together. But like, if you're not going to wear masks in your scenes, then like, why are we doing it at the end? Yeah, I, and they're I living in New York and they're not like quarantines to the best of my knowledge. Like one might be on drag race. So I don't really understand, but I will leave it to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. April 3rd, got a job at Rockefeller Center. C- Rockefeller Center. No, well, it's spelled with an S. So it's Summer Garden. Okay. It is a truly, truly miserable summer waiting job. Um, and I made a lot of money, but sold a lot of my soul. Is this the one where you had to like run across like a plaza and into a building to oh, get food? My God. So it is a restaurant. <laughs> Please explain it. We'll get to it, you know, in the summer, but essentially it's a restaurant on the ice rink in the summer when there's no ice. Um, oh, okay. And that is like a full city block. It's huge. Um, mm-hmm. And so the kitchen's only inside the main whatever. It's like inside 30 Rock? Or it's, yeah, building? it's in one of those um, in that complex somewhere. I can't remember, but. Okay. It is laid out in such a way that if you have a section in the far corner of the garden area and you have to run to the kitchen, which is, you know, between every table, basically, or get a coffee or whatever, God help you. It is a full city block. You are sprinting. And if you have a section of like seven tables doing it, takes like four minutes just to get to and from the kitchen, which is, I mean, sounds like nothing. But when you are slammed, you're waiting for a drink. Oh, my God. It it was physically and mentally grueling. Sounds like a good way to get your steps in. But it sucked. Does not sound like fun. Um, You finished clearing out the last bin from your room. And, oh, that guy Doc from a few episodes ago, he's back. He came over to hang mirror and shelves. And he also didn't know when to leave. <laughs> he is one of the handiest gays I know. Um, Fuck and you. One of. You're oh, also fine. handy. Handsy, you know. Um, anyway, he, every time I say handy, it's always handsy. Anyway, he, know. he lived right around the corner uh, from me and, and volunteered to come put those up. And, you know, we, well, the reason he wouldn't leave is because he can also put them away. And, like, we had a bottle of wine, but then put, it became... Put them away. So he, he's a drunk? <laughs> <laughs> no, he just can... I, I think I'm just quite a lightweight. And so, I like, I'm done. And then everyone else is done, you know, three bottles later. And uh-huh. it was, like late in the night maybe he was i don't know if he was hoping for a round two that we never had um oh did you guys i can't remember anything about this guy did you not hook up we had Why sex. Do you know him you did have sex yeah and then he was like ready to have sex again and i was like no thank you <laughs> okay <laughs> um <laughs> i have to go teach my bird how to bowl teach my bird how to bowl yeah comes uh-huh. man what you put out comes back to you no he uh-huh. um he was lovely and it was like fun sex too i just like you know when when something clicks off in my brain that's it um he was a fun guy someone i would consider a friend but um he was having way more of a party than i was and i was like okay it's two in the morning my shit's been hung up now we've had a blast please leave me <laughs> Uh-huh. Take your drunk ass out of my apartment. I would like to go home. I was home, but yeah, go to bed. Before Peter and I left LA, we uh, we hosted a party. You were there. Uh, we hosted a going away party, and uh, we had one of those. Uh, just a, a lovely guy, a guy who was a friend in LA, but he was drunk, and the group of friends that he came with all got in an Uber and left. They were like, he doesn't want to leave. We got to go home. Like, the party's ending. And I was like, no, no, please take him. And they did not. And he stayed and talked to me until three in the morning while oh. I did dishes. And all I wanted to do, I was cleaning up. I was like, 
gotta clean up so I can go to bed. Make being very clear, he's like, Great, I'll just keep you company. Stood in my oh kitchen. My God. There is literally no one left except for one of Peter's good friends who he's sitting on the back deck talking to. And Peter will like do that all night long at the end of a party. He's fine. I, the way I like to wind down at the end of a house party is to clean up so I don't wake up to a mess, you know? Mm-hmm. So like I usually will put in my headphones. I'm a little bit drunk. I actually kind of like it. It's it's a way to not wake up feeling bad. You like yeah. kind of work off work off your drunk. <laughs> I put in my headphones, I'll listen to music or a podcast or whatever, just like I would at any normal time and clean up the house. So I wake up the next morning thinking, wow, that was a really fun night. And also my house isn't fucking trashed. Mm-hmm. And he just followed me around while oh. I did that. It was three in the morning. I did not have any conversation left in me. We had had a, like over 50 people in our house. I was exhausted and so tired of talking. And so he just talked at me, just talked at me for at least an hour, probably over an hour. I texted Peter at one point. I was like, you need to save me. But he was just drunk enough. He was like, you're fine. And kept <laughs> just on drunk enough outside. to have that kind it's of like, fuck you attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I was so over it. He's a, a sweet man, but man, sometimes, you know, when you're not on the same drunk level, you just really can't uh, handle it all. So see, now it makes me as the host of a party passing out very early look better, right? Like, would you rather be at a party where the host is like MIA or a party where the last guest refuses to leave? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on if you're the host or not. If <laughs> if I'm at a party where the last guest refuses to leave, that makes me the last guest. <laughs> if I am the host of a party, I I wish I would have passed out and just, but then I would have woken up to a you know a messy house. So and probably that guy's still talking at you, not realizing that you were passed out. <laughs> probably. Like, listen, I have alcohol poisoning. I'm gonna go to the ER now. He's like, I'll come with you. <laughs> I'll keep you company. A sweet man, but he did not know when to say good night. Also, speaking of saying goodnight, is it time to wrap this shit up? Yeah, but it's 1.40 in the afternoon, so I, I implore you not to go to bed. Um, <laughs> you know I like an early night. <laughs> I do. As do I. We have that in common. Um, I implore you not to go to bed. All right. Before we go, as always, let's hear from some listeners. Sure. Well, first of all, like you said, we got more book recommendations than I could have ever imagined, like dozens and dozens. So I'm thrilled to look through some of those. And a few repeat offenders, which... Uh, Makes me think those ones in particular are worth looking out for. I know. I'm going to make a whole list and then, you know, do my whole Virgo thing where I make a list of all the recommendations and look at reviews of all of them and then rank them and decide what to read first. I can't wait. I love having a plethora of content. Um. Okay. Well, other than those very sweet recommendations, we got – we heard from Callum who him and his partner made us that amazing cover of the theme song like a year ago. They have offered to lend their musical expertise to help create the MBFJ musical that you threatened to make last episode. Oh, is this Callum from Australia? We love him. It is. He specifically said he's already got the melodic material ready for the song called I've Seen My Butthole. (laughs) All right. Put up or shut up, Callum. We're ready to hear it. (laughs) Um, And speaking. Uh, That is the end of act one. (laughs) The shocking moment. My hole in the mirror. Uh, well, let's workshop that title. Out my hole in the mirror. I'm asking why it changed its shape. <laughs> anyway, speaking of seeing or not seeing your hole. I can't wait to see where this is going to go. <laughs> well, you know where, because we got a text and a group text thread from one of our friends oh, yeah. who has given birth before. And she said in response to last week, God, this, this pooping on the table while giving birth will never end. <laughs> She said that my friend who commented saying she did not poop on the table and her husband was there to verify 
is mistaken. Basically, <laughs> read the text. Mike, I hate to break it to your friend, but she 100% pooped. She must have had <laughs> she must have had a nice nurse that told her she didn't. My first birth, this was also a giant fear of mine. The nurse was very sweet and said I didn't, and I was thrilled about that, but 2 months later, my husband broke the news to me and said <laughs> that he definitely saw me poop. Oh, so, no. I don't know. I I my friend says she didn't poop. I believe her that she didn't poop, but we will just leave it to her husband to be the final word on that. Oh. <laughs> I it can't. Nothing is a hundred percent. So like, not one. It can't be one hundred percent of people. Maybe she was constipated when she went in. I don't know. I'm not an OB. No, nothing is a hundred percent. But what I like here is a third perspective altogether. Like some people uh-huh. definitely poop. Some people definitely don't. And some people think they didn't, but definitely did. <laughs> Yeah, nurses are just like, uh, everyone. no one wants to hear that their husband saw them drop a major turd on the table. So we're just going to go ahead and let them believe what they want to believe. Anywho, that is certainly all we've got for you this week. If you want more of My Best Friend's Journal, Cam, tell the folks where they can find it. Visit us online at mybestfriendsjournal.com. Send us an email at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com. Or follow us on Instagram. Send us a message there at Podcast. That's right. And please do us the favor of rating, reviewing, and subscribing. I will never stop saying it and I'll never stop meaning it. Yeah, and you know, we've got a lot more listeners than we have reviews. And we haven't had a fresh review to read in a while. So just putting it out there. If that's you... We're talking to you directly. Alrighty. Until next time, Mike, always remember... If you're the last one at a party, it's time to go. Oh, it certainly is. Just go to Wawa, grab a sandwich, harass the cashier. You're probably welcome there. (laughs) Bye. You can't just have like a, a child, you know, being birthed onto a bed of fresh turds. But well, that's then- how I was born and everything worked out fine for me. <laughs>